welcome back to Embrace the Grain Photography Podcast. I'm Sherry Christensen, and I hope you'll enjoy the show. I'm back. Yes, after a very, very long time away, I'm finally back on the air podcasting. It was quite a lot of excitement. I got finished up with Harvest, which was long, grueling affair, and longer than I expected and very difficult. And approximately two and a half weeks after that, I managed to have a graceful episode and fall down on the floor, hit my head extremely hard, and uh, give myself what's called a subdural hematoma. In other words, in everyday terms, a bleeding brain. So a little excitement through that, but uh, I got through it and had a hospital stay and I just wasn't myself for a while. And I had a few other things that went on with that too, like I had a start taking a medication that it doesn't really agree with me and I had to get used to and it just it uh, left me with a bit of a stutter at times and a trembling left hand and a really upset stomach so I just wasn't up to podcasting and then I I thought you know I could start podcasting and I come down and I looked at my computer and I just couldn't get the old girl to work with my software and I'm not sure what was up with it and I thought oh the heck with it I'll just not do it for a while till till I'm more myself and uh, come down tonight and started it up dug into the settings and Sure enough, the last update that it did had reset my audio settings, so I am up and running again. Now, I am using a 10-year-old MacBook here, and it seems to be running just fine. So, touch wood. I hopefully it keeps running just fine. But, uh, yeah, so... I can uh, quit leaving such a big butt groove on my couch now and get back into the podcasting. Yay! And shooting more. But one thing that time off did is uh, I made good use of it. I finished off the 2019 Frugal Film Project. And there was a lot of um, finishing up and then we all decided to do 2020 so there was a little bit of uh, updating involved there so i did that and scheduled ahead and now i'm ready to start podcasting again so concerning the podcast um there will be times where i might miss a week and that's okay right this is something I voluntarily do and I know that I've had a lot of people write to me and say 
when are you starting up again? And it's well, my health is the number one concern. And, you know, I got thinking, this is something that's voluntary. I don't get paid. I make zero money. Oh, by the way, I have a cold, so I might croak a little bit. But that's okay. Um, yeah, it's done for fun. And when life gets really, really busy and you don't have time, it's okay to let it slide a little bit. You can always, uh, there's tons and tons of podcasts out there these days. And I find that at, when I got ill, noise was bothering me, any type of noise. So I wanted the silence for a little while. So I got a little behind on my podcasts. I'm slowly catching up and then of course Christmas came and we had company a lot and you know I just got a little behind on them so I'm slowly catching up but uh, I also did a little bit of shooting I'm still behind on my developing <coughs> excuse me but what was really funny is I have a story to tell you. I had bought in a really thrifty buy, I had bought a older Zeiss Contina camera. Now, they're the little brother to the Contraflex and I was really excited when I bought that camera. I thought, I paid $10 for Zeiss and it works. And so I went home and I threw a roll of Kodak 400 in it and I went out and I shot about five or six shots of it and of course there's no meter on this girl so it was sunny 16 and then I put the camera up and I didn't shoot it for about three years Yikes, not good. And so I picked it up and took the lens cap off and, <coughs> excuse me again, dusted the Contina off and thought, what kind of film is in here? I did something I shouldn't have. Normally, when I load a camera, I take a piece of gaff tape. I bought a roll of blue gaff tape so I could write on it because painter's tape wasn't sticking all the time. So I didn't put my piece of tape on there. I have no clue what's inside. And I don't remember exactly what I shot last time. So is this setting for Sunny 16 or is it for Sunny 11 or Sunny 5.6? whatever. I don't know. What am I going to do? So I went and I grabbed the dark bag and I slowly and carefully re-rolled back into the canister. And at this point I wasn't even really sure what film was inside the camera. It could have been anything. It could have been Kodak 200, could have been Fuji, it could have been, I don't know what it could have been, it could have been anything. It could have even been 
one of my rolls of Kodak 800. No idea. So I thought, well, let's get the film out of the camera. And so I rewound it and everything went well. It uh, functions quite well for probably a camera that's probably never been serviced. And it's mid-century, I'm guessing. It's definitely older than I am. And so I pulled out this lovely roll of Kodak 400. And I thought, okay, it's got roughly five or six shots on it. I'll use this roll in another camera. So I grabbed the Minolta Freedom 2, a point and shoot, pulled the batteries out of the flash and went in the other dark room and loaded it up and pressed off about five frames and amazingly that worked. I thought this thing probably really needs, you know, is my flash going to go off? What's going to happen here? But I managed to get it five frames in without really, you know, covering up my previous exposures. And I thought, you know what, even if it did, no biggie, right? So off I went and I shot probably five or six more exposures in that camera and I packed that thing around with me for months and never shot it. Go figure. So Christmas arrived. Now we have Christmas at my mother-in-law's early and I kept looking at this camera and it's in my purse and went packing it around and so I got it out and I was determined to finish the roll, which I did. And was really happy, finally got this done. And I thought, well, I'm going to process this with my frugal roll, which I had, uh, was, you know, going to start the next week when we went on. <clears throat> Hang on a second, I just got to cough a little when we went on a small family vacation to West Edmonton Mall. And, you know, I thought, well, that's a perfect place to shoot my frugal roll. It's indoors. I don't know how the camera will do in there because it might be a little bit on the dark side, but we'll see. And so I had two rolls to process and I, I really wanted to see what was on that roll that came out of two separate cameras. I was wondering, first of all, how well I lined them up. Being so very, very different, a old mechanical Zeiss and a modern Minolta Freedom 2 point and shoot. Go figure. And I'm not really sure how this is going to work. I was actually crazy enough that I got the film to load in the point and shoot without covering the other frames to begin with. And, you know, oh well, I got her done and I got her developed and I hung it up. And 
Wow! These look alright! There might be one frame that might have a little bit of a double exposure. So, hmm. I can't wait till they dry, right? And I can scan them. It, <clears throat> it was, uh, I got them developed in the morning and after supper, I rushed down to my little dungeon and started scanning them. And first thing I did is I put the emulsion side the wrong way and so the pack on told me the emulsion is the wrong way so stop and restart. And then the next thing is I put it in tail first and that's not really a big deal but it tells you that uh, your numbering might be incorrect. And got these things scanned and transferred onto a USB as a backup and then took them up to my big computer because the Pack-On is actually hooked up to an old laptop with native XP installed on it but it was never meant to have XP on it so I don't have the proper drivers in it and everything is kind of wonky looking. You can see good enough to know if you scanned them properly, but it's not a perfect system, but it works. Anyway, so up I went to look at these photos and I was blown away by that Quantina. It was beautiful, it had beautiful color, it rendered beautifully even on a bright snowy day. And I got looking at the photo and I could remember taking that. You know, I thought, oh, what a nice scene. And I had stopped the truck on the edge of the road and snapped that photo. The other ones I don't really remember taking, but that one I do. And I was correct in I had overlapped one photo. So how did the Minolta do on the same roll of film? It actually did pretty good because it, it has a good lens in it for a point and shoot. And it that's the only reason I bought it. Um, I usually don't buy too many point and shoots. Just because in my heart I am an SLR girl. I like to shoot a 35mm SLR camera. I can do the other, I can do medium format, but I prefer the 35. And in reality, it is awesome that everybody is a little bit different, hey? You know, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. <clears throat> I thought that was pretty interesting and the, the Minolta did pretty good. It uh, captured my grandson playing outside. I did pack it along through harvest but I didn't use it. Um, and then Christmas. <clears throat> now Christmas at my mother-in-law's is a challenge. And I don't mean the people are a challenge. They're all wonderful and I love them to bits. But I mean the lighting. Um, 
the people, yeah, they're a little bit of a challenge to photograph because they tend to avoid my camera. They're getting a little better at it. But uh, my mother-in-law's living room has a table lamp for lighting and it's very dark. Um, her kitchen is a little bit lighter but everything is uh, you remember back in the 90s or the, or even in the 80s when the paint color was called eggshell or almond it's kind of that beigey color you know it's not quite white but not quite tan you know that neutral color anyway I suppose I could have used a uh, speed light but I have a hard enough time catching a few people on film as it is so an SLR with a big speed light probably isn't going to cut it whereas I can grab this little point and shoot and yeah it's going to flash them but by then guess what their picture's already taken and even though there's one family member that goes I don't want my picture taken I said it's only going in the family album just let me take two he will let me take the two, thankfully. So I said, I promise it's not going on Facebook. I promise it's not going to be out laying out on the wall or anything. It's just going in the family album for us to pull out and look at, you know? So he's okay with that, right? Okay, I might have been a little sneaky on him. I used the dig digital camera too and snuck around the corner and high ISO and he didn't see it coming. But <laughs> that's kind of funny. Anyway, but yeah, those were the cameras I used that day. And what another thing I really, really liked on that Freedom 2 when it went zzzz, you know how they do when they rewind, that left the leader out. So when it comes time to process your film, it's a lot easier. No fighting canisters or leader retrievers. And when you're done, you can just snip it and use it for bulk rolling. Or I send mine to friends who bulk roll because Shamefully, I don't, but that's probably because I have a huge backlog of black. Ugh, I got marbles in my mouth. Backload of film that I need to shoot. And in all honesty, that is one of my 2020 goals: is to shoot some of this stuff. There's no sense having it sit in the fridge, piling up, and buying more. You know what I mean? Because it's in, it's in the beer fridge. It's in my kitchen fridge. It's in my deep freeze. It's in my kitchen freezer. I really need to shoot some of this stuff. 
So where else do I plan on taking the podcast in 2020? I'm having guests on, various guests, and I've been busy booking them, so I'm going to have to sit down and figure out what I want to ask them and such, and um, there's a wide variety of people that are coming on. Some have been on podcasts before, some have not, so yeah. It should be a fun time. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I guess I could maybe bring back the Adventures in Thrifting segment at some point. Because sadly, I wasn't going to buy any gear. But I bought some... But in all honesty, when a Nikon FE in black, that I don't have a black one, comes up for $25, you're foolish not to buy it with the lens. Had a 50 millimeter, it's a Series E pancake, but they're really not a bad lens. And I have other Nikon lenses, so you'd be foolish not to buy that, right? So, I still have to test that one, but I've got a few things that I have to finish up and get going on before I can do that. And, to be honest, no way in hell, I'm go oops, I said a swear, no way in heck I am going out shooting right now. Um, this week we have seen Arctic temperatures, and when I say Arctic, I've seen minus 40, and I'll tell you, minus 40 is the same in Celsius and Fahrenheit. Um, tonight it is minus 28, yesterday it was minus 29, with a wind chill that made it minus 35, so... Yeah, it's supposed to warm up next week, so hopefully I'll get a chance to go out and do some shooting. And before this week of Arctic weather, well, it's almost been two weeks now, I did go out. I've already shot my January frugal film project uh, role for 2020. So I'm done that. That worked. The camera worked. It worked with the film. I did something a little bit experimental. You'll have to tune in. Um, yes, I experimented with HP5. And I was really, really hoping it would work. And you'll have to stay tuned. And I used a camera that everybody absolutely hates. Well, I shouldn't say hate, but nobody likes it and nobody wants to really buy one. And they're kind of snubbed a little bit. And you'll find out which one it is, but uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting. The members of the group have made some really interesting camera choices this year. And it's I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. 
So our film isn't maybe as frugal as it was last time. Uh, but the reason we did that is we chose a film that could be in 120 and in 35. So, and then we put it to a group vote and the two top ones that everyone wanted to shoot is what was the chosen film. And there were cheap ones, there were expensive ones, there are ones that are going to be a real challenge to use in some cameras, but it'll be interesting. So we have four different film stocks and everybody's going to be shooting the exact same film at the exact same time. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the film reacts in say winter here when it's really cold or with um, some of the members that are in Australia and it's summer and it's really hot you know and different places all over the world and I'm really looking forward to 2020 um, I've also had an email and it just came in uh, actually this week so this um, email is from Jeremy Zorns um, we've chatted a few times on the negative positives Facebook group this is what Jeremy has to stay I started listening to your podcast a month or so ago I think you have a lot more listeners than you think. It's just that a very small percentage of them write in to, to, to you. I think a lot of them are like me. They listen on their commute, and when they arrive to work or home, their brains switch gears, and they forget about their commute and everything related to it. I just heard your Adventures in Thrifting segment in which you found a nice Elan too for $12. What a steal! I used to sell those in the 90s when I worked at Ritz Camera. The Rebels outsold it at least 3 to 1, but this was a clear step up from the Rebel. In terms of being quiet and the motor drive is significantly faster as well. The grip will fit a man's hand better than a Rebel's too. The next model up was the A2 and the A2E. They too are quiet with an even bigger grip and the built-in flash zooms with the lens. An even faster motor drive. They also had five focusing sensors instead of three. But they were a couple hundred bucks more and there really wasn't a lot to justify that. <coughs> the automatic focusing sensor selection is not that smart, I find. So I just end up locking it on the middle one and using the focus and recompose method. That, by the way, Jeremy, is an excellent method. I use that quite a bit myself. I got my Canon A2, like yours, not the E version, at a local camera store, but at near thrift pricing. I had bought an earlier EOS 630 on eBay for $6 plus shipping, but that needed a lens. 
the camera store was selling the A2 on a consignment for $50. But what interested me at the time was the lens attached. A 35 to 135 F4 5.6 metal mount ultrasonic motor. I just wanted a walk around lens. I didn't care about the camera. I thought maybe I'd resell it, give it away. After shooting a roll in each camera though, I found I prefer the A2. It's quieter, lighter, and the built-in flash comes in handy for those times I want to keep the camera bag simple and light and might need a flash. The 630 is definitely the more rugged camera. This past Christmas my mom got me the 42.8 pancake lens. That's a phenomenal lens. I love it. That's just Sherry talking, not Jeremy. Mounting it on the A2 and the 630, well, it feels silly. I was on the hunt for a Rebel. I found one at the thrift for $20. Untested, but looking good. So the function switch, it is a bit sticky. Like someone spilled pop on it. It had a filthy viewfinder, which I cleaned. Back to that lens though, the Canon mid-range zooms that are a step up from the entry level 35 to 80, the 28 to 80 and the 28 to 90 are really good. Not fast, as you noted, but they're sharp and with good distortion control and construction. Now, like you, I mostly shoot Nikon. I have an FG, an FE2, and an N90S. But I have to admit that Canon's autofocus is better. It's faster, quieter, usually, and it seems to focus more accurately. So I can't bear to lose my Canons, and besides, they're not much they're not worth much anyhow. I also got a good laugh at your segment in which you said you'd like to travel light since you are only carrying four cameras. Even as a camera photo, even as a photo enthusiast since the 90s, I don't consider that traveling light. I challenge you to go lighter next time you travel. Two cameras, max. Maybe the Weathermatic and the SLR with two or three lenses. Maybe the Weathermatic can replace one lens. Why? My first wife is Polish, and I went to Poland four times when we were courting. Each time I brought different gear. The time I had the most fun was the last time when I only brought my Canon SD600, Elf, and a tabletop tripod. I locked the ISO at 80 and braced that little tripod against whatever. The images were great. Probably 90% is the good serious cameras and I looked like a normal person, not like a target or a tourist. Well, Jeremy, I have to say, I took the Weathermatic because we were going to the ocean and we're spending a lot of time at a pool. However, I didn't pack all four cameras around with me all of the time. I packed them in a smaller bag that actually fit under the airplane seat and with a few other items in there and 
um, pack the one DSLR lens that was the most versatile. And that was it. So when we went out and about touristy stuff, I took my one lens and camera. And when we were out and about at the pool and the ocean, I took the Weathermatic. And then sometimes when we were just at the resort, I took the digital around with me and took a few photos that way. And, you know, just whatever. But when I was out and about, I was only carrying one camera. The rest stayed locked up in our room, in the safe. So, yeah. Uh, no, I am not going to walk around with a huge bag of cameras. That's just too hard on the back, right? And you're right. You do look like a target or a tourist. Which, hey, I was a tourist. But anyway, on with your email. CLA kit. CLA means clean, lubricate, and adjust. From what I can tell, you're not taking the cameras apart, cleaning and lubricating all the gears, calibrating rangefinders and such. Maybe cleaning kit is a better term. Um, sometimes I take them apart and sometimes I don't. I don't really adjust much because I, I don't know yet what the adjustments are. Um, you're right, so I will call it a cleaning kit. Sometimes, if I know what kind of lubrication goes where, I will put a drop of that on there. Um, like on the brick, you can use a little bit of sewing machine oil, just a drop. Um, but it's pretty simple to take apart and get back together. <coughs> One last thing, I haven't tried coconut oil for de-sticking cameras yet. I will try it. And hey, I have to add something in there. When I say coconut oil, I don't mean liquid coconut oil. I mean the solid stuff that you that melts when you put it on your finger. I'm not sure how the liquid stuff would work. I suspect it wouldn't work as well. Alcohol doesn't work that well. No, but it cleans it well. Which is, except for really light soiling. What does work though is Goo Gone. And with no real need to buff it out. Leaves it smelling like lemons too. Try it. You can get it at your local hardware store, I bet. Well, actually, I can buy it in my grocery store. But there's a hardware section in there. I'm going to use it soon to try to remove the rest of the rubber from the back of my N90. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to find some acetone and really go at it. So yeah, that probably would remove the rubber from the back of your N90. Yeah, that was kind of long and rambling. Sorry for that. I hope it was a good read, though. Talk to you soon. Sincerely, Jeremy. Well, Jeremy, thank you for writing in. It was a perfect way for me to get back into the podcasting and interact with a few guests. Um, I would really appreciate it if more people would write in, and I'll read your letters on air. 
So the email for that is embracethegrainpodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, it's been a long, long time. And I've missed coming on and chatting about things. And yeah, so hopefully things can be normal around here and I can get back into the swing of things and have a little fun with this show. So until possibly next week, maybe the week after, have a great time and shoot lots of really neat stuff and just enjoy life. Don't take life for granted because in an instant it could change very, very drastically. And yeah, so I guess that's probably all I have for this week. So bye for now. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed the show. And I'd really love to hear from you. Now, there's a few ways you can get in touch. You can use the Anchor app to do a one-minute call-in to the show. You can record a voice memo on any smartphone and email that into the show, and I'll play them on air. Or you can just send me an email at embracethegrainpodcast.com at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message over on Instagram you can find me at embrace underscore the underscore grain I'd really love to hear from you and until next week take care and don't be negative negative.